This is the Precipto Man podcast, presented by Adventures of Yo, what up? Hello, how you doing? It's your boys. Coop, it is your boys. Coop, Coopsie, Coop, 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 Coopsie. It's my new <laughs> name. Coops, Coopsie. I it's, just wanted uh, to go down the um, down a new route and go for third uh, degree Burnsies. Oh, I like third degree Burnsies. Yeah. yeah, good. Coopsie and third degree Burnsies. We'll just see how many syllables we can add to our uh, names until um, <laughs> we're more Googleable. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, welcome. I third degree Burnsies just really means that I can go in a new direction with, with my style. Um, yeah, get I'll, get on the charts a bit a bit more. I will yeah. never forget whoever it was that approached you after a gig um, and asked what your rap name was, and you said Bernard James, and he was like, "That's so cool, like Bernard James." <laughs> like that <laughs> was the best. Uh, yeah the extent so, to which people will find meaning in something yeah do you remember that <laughs> vaguely i've forgotten about it until you said it yeah it was <laughs> i can't i can't remember where it was it might have been the one we we're talking about with luke anyway that's for a different podcast welcome to uh stepped on classics which is uh one uh version of the precipitor man podcast where we kind of take a little focus on albums hip-hop albums from the past that might have gone under the radar basically they're not necessarily underground per se and they're not you know we're not we're not discounting mainstream artists but Mm. we're just looking at great albums that 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 might not have got the attention that they deserve then or people just just remind people about them now yeah and i think that that last point like just reminding people about them or even if you're like you're listening to this 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 podcast and you don't listen to rap and you you're looking for a different perspective on things this could be a good good view for a little taster and really they're just albums that mean something to us so if you're listening you go uh this isn't slept on at all i listen to it every tuesday with my mum cool your mum's cool as well <laughs> mum's really cool <laughs> yeah um but the other thing is we're also open to having our eyes uh, and ears woke so if you think of are there any specific albums that you think the the, the mainstream um, or even the underground kind of m- missed out on, quite often this happens because at the time there's an influx of really good stuff. And it means that the, co- the, the level of competition was so high that, you know, other albums took, took the spotlight. But if there's anything you think that we'd be interested in in revisiting or visiting for the first time for us, um, do let us know at Precipto Man on all the socials and um, we will include that in a feature I'm going to uh, unofficially call Bring to the Table, like Turntable. I'll t- tell you what, like, one thing we haven't done yet. Hang on, I'm worried done. that you haven't given me the kudos I deserve for my great <laughs> feature add, add on there. Because <laughs> it's like I Turntable didn't... and people like bringing it to the table. Bring it to the table. It. Oh, rapture. <laughs> anyway, no, on, yeah, so I've given myself the kudos say... I wanted now. So you can... hang on, let me just send you a little little emoji of something. Yeah, there you go. That's oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah, you can't good. see what I did, but I just gave him a thumbs up. Well, that's... Oh, I thought we were going to keep it secret, like a little trade secret, but oh, it's yeah. fine. It's out there now. Secrets out. 
So that cat's yeah. out of the bag. What I was going to say is right. that the albums that we've done recently, they've all been, you know, they all, they all have all had fairly wide distribution um, or some form of distribution in that they're all on labels that, you know, are actual labels. They're not like Precipto Man, I suppose, where it's just like a collective. Um, or word. So, or word. <laughs> we can manipulate yeah. however we want. <laughs> so I wonder, you know, if, if you're listening and, and you've got an album that, you know, isn't, you know, being distributed um, widely or whatever, but it's a, it's a strong album, uh, and I'm you know not not like pitching to people as a plug to promote their own stuff, but albums that didn't get the attention they deserve because they didn't get signed, because that would be quite interesting as well. Like just phenomenally strong albums that aren't yeah. you know released by a strong independent label or a strong major label. Yeah, and I mean, so just to to go over exactly what we're doing this 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 time, I think this is our first British album that we've done in Slept On Classics. Yep. Um, and um, and I think I, th- I think this is becoming kind of a key point for this this this, this series of the podcast is with a lot of artists, hip hop or otherwise, there's one album like a seminal album that people think of and refer to and uh, and and go to in their brains and if they're going to listen to an artist they instinctively go back to that album it's really important to uh, look at some of those other albums because sometimes they they're 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 either equal in quality or they serve incredibly well as a kind of dessert to that main course and actually if you're going back again and again to the to the same album by the same artist i think there's often um worth in every kind of third time or fourth time thinking actually i'm going to go to the album after or the album before or another album but particularly i think it's quite often the album after where it will incorporate a lot of the spirit and soul of the album before Mm. um but present it in a different way um and obviously, and usually there's an element of maturity, and and I think this is a, a key example of that. If it doesn't um, tax you too much, to it, Pete, can you um, let us know what it is? Yeah, I was just just hyping it up, you know. <laughs> so, so I was using um, a bit of a pun there as well. Yeah, I got I got that. Yeah. Nice. So um, <laughs> just to lead on from 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 that uh, elusive comment, the album we're looking at is Brain Taxes second album panorama now brain Tax's first album biro funk is a uk mainstay of underground uk hip-hop i i would say i think most people have at least heard it a couple of times it's very vibey it's quite a it's a it's 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 considered a classic and a and it and its influences are very very british and what's so interesting about this album is that particularly lyrically there's a lot of there's a lot of britishness about it and it isn't all particularly positive but sonically there are it's it's much more varied and much more developed than biro funk which is probably why it isn't the first go-to album that people think of because it is more of an acquired taste um sonically and and certain aspects of the lyrical content that comes out of it that isn't quite so clear in the first album it's almost a concept album in certain points um I it's so overtly political as well isn't it so yeah. if, you, if if you're not with his politics or or if you're you're the kind of person who doesn't really want to 
just have politics thrown at you all the time this probably isn't for you um yeah. but i mean but we're talking about well, this with, I think, like he does it gracefully i think and he does it very well and he gets it in balance whereas you know we, we, we've talked about other other rappers where it can be done and it can sometimes go too much the other way and be a bit preachy i think it's it's one of these things that you know, you you come away from the album and you've got references to, to find out more about this, that and the other, as well as having had a really brilliant time. Well, if we just, should we just do a little bit of um, background about just a very, for anyone who hasn't heard of brain tax before, because you know, as much as he is relatively well known in British hip hop of that era, there's lots of people who, who aren't au fait with him. So brain tax um, originally started as a duo, if I remember rightly, based yeah, up right. in and around Leeds. He's not; at, he's from a village or an area town in the vicinity of Leeds, but I don't think he originally grew up there. And this was his. It, and obviously, uh, Byrofunk was his first album, which did very well within that scene. I mean, I'm not saying it burst; he wasn't playing Top of the Pops or anything. But then, <laughs> you know he did he did very well it had very high reviews and he was very highly regarded because also because of the label and the people he's bringing on to the label it became a kind of tour de force um, yeah absolutely so the, uh, the labels time. i might have lost you there um it's like we're going through the in- tunnels of the internet but the labels uh low life records and and as as coops you were saying like it it became the that such a unique collection of MCs. If you wanted quality and you wanted to know what UK rappers were doing, that was quality. You'd go to Low Life. Absolutely, yeah. So um, this album differs from the first album and also from most of the albums from any other Low Life artists in that it is overtly political, almost from well, essentially from from the first bar. You know, the, the first track. It's it's a really interesting collection of sounds. Um, the first track is is nearly a pop record. It's the closest you get to it, um, probably on this whole album. Well, not not the the closest. Well, it probably is, but there are some other highlights that are of a similar ilk. But it starts in such a kind of bright way, and that's another thing that's quite interesting about the messages within this album. Yeah, it's deeply political and quite criti- critical over a lot of political decisions and choices but equally he talks about um he overtly criticizes um people being fake in rap people being aggressive in rap and and as much as he is actually quite negative about politics he also tries to be very positive overall as the underlying message of there's something about positivity in there um it makes it a very interesting album and i can see why it's so divisive I think, yeah, for me, hearing it at 2006, I was just finishing university or I just finished university. And um, it, it said a lot to me about how we, I suppose we, we, we were starting collaborating then with each other around that time, or maybe we just started before, I'm not too sure. And um, it was saying the things we wanted to hear because, you know, we're not um, hard guys. And we, we don't have, we, it would be ridiculous if we started talking about those tropes of hip hop that just aren't us. And to hear someone say very clearly that, um, what is it? Um, fuck trying to act hard. That's like hip, that, that's like hip hop's curse. Like yeah. that kind of stuff. It's just, it's so refreshing. Um, the, the political aspects of it. I mean, this was 
released in 2006, which is in the wake of the War on Terror, really. It was a yeah. Um, it's, uh, 2001-9-11, a lot of time for that to settle, and you know this increasing uh, uh, Islamophobia that was kind of going around the world. Um, well, well it's, I mean, it's yeah, only a year after speaking. the London bombings. So it was still kind of, it was as much as it was a, a little while off of um, 9-11, it was still a thing. It was still heavy, heavy. Th- I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, all of that, um, the kind of Islamophobia and all of that all came from 9-11. But I think in 2006, it was still hot. It was still the yeah the key political and social aspect that everyone was thinking about particularly the year after the i mean the 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 london bombings that song uh, there's a song specifically on this album called isn't it a day in the life of a suicide bomber uh the grip again yeah which is amazing it's it's a phenomenal i remember i heard that song the first time i heard it and i was blown away with yeah just just the empathy i think that got put into it and the whole idea of just like let's just flip this for a second let's look in look inside the whole context yeah, from another of what, perspective where this action comes from and let's look at the context of it which there wasn't a lot of going around and like, I, no, I, no, very like none there wasn't no. any of it in hip-hop i can tell you that <laughs> there weren't many people going. yeah it's, and I, um, and I just it's an incredible that... song. It's very powerful for the time. I remember you playing it to me for the first time. I mean, just all through this album, seeing things from perspectives that I was too naive to even know there was a perspective or another angle that you could look at it. Yeah, and also n- not doing it in a way that's a bit pathetic or cheesy or you just come yeah. across looking at it pretty ignorant. Um and, and you know, even in, in the, the the way that the tracks are laid out, that song, which is such a powerful song, it comes after a song that's just about getting drunk. Like yeah. Last tenor. Yeah. Which, yeah, and that's it again. It's it is a brilliant album because it is um, eclectic, and that that whole let's go and get drunk thing is all about like Christ. Life is really difficult, you know, and and the and there's only so much good you can do there's only so much you can change so fuck it let's go and get drunk like it's it, it the track listing as complements the content so well it's a mm. it's a real journey and it's varied all the way through it's not like um you know we've all got started like six tracks about the middle east and then there's you know pick a subject and and last tenor it's not like that it's all laced through it's incredibly well structured as a as a finished piece of piece of work and i think it hasn't dated too badly there are i think the the things that date it are naming the politicians um because there'll be people listening to this podcast probably not um but there'll, (laughs) there'll be people who might discover this album now who are of an age where they actually won't know necessarily who some of the politicians are to be honest when it came out there were certain politicians you mentioned that i didn't know who they were from a place of um, naivete, essentially. Like I, I, like you said at the very beginning, it kind of left pe- a lot of people with homework, and a lot of people weren't up for that. But I found that really interesting because I wanted to know, well, why is he so angry at Sharon? Who's that? Why? What's he done? You know. So I did. It was it was quite engaging for me 
politically this album and and i i can't be the only one but i think just going back to the point i was making about kind of dating it basically the only thing that really dates it referring to politicians um and the term dat because he talks about dats all the time how you know he was a producer for other uh, rappers on the label and he's always you know working the dats it's like i (laughs) i forgot that the dat even existed (laughs) yeah uh, we've moved on so much and then technologically when it comes to the art of or the practice of recording music um so that that but he doesn't think else myspace does he which is no, we, he doesn't we did, an, we did a 2006 album a couple of shows ago which was myspace all over it wasn't it yeah yeah uh, it's basically yeah uh gym class heroes talk about myspace for 12 songs um yeah. but yeah yeah, that not much dates it. I mean, even I mean, he's he's really hot on the whole hot, interesting choice of term, but global warming. Um, he, he mentions that a lot, and I, th- I suppose to a certain degree, I think uh, that has some of that has changed. Not a huge amount, but some some attitudes have changed there. But there are still people who are taking their you know three litre SUVs to ASDA. Um, and that just shows that you how, a, how slow that conversation moved. So this is two, that was two thousand and six, yeah. and we're still discussing the same things. Yeah, yeah. In um, terms of like, yes, but big yeah. initiatives have started, but people's mindsets are still very similar. You know, like, what's that statistic that came a... out the other day? Like in terms of um, people driving cars, I think the majority yeah, of car journeys same. are with for like within for just three mile journeys or within three minutes or something like that. I can't remember yeah. something ridiculous yeah well i think what what makes this album uh, so bold is that it is so political at a time where and i don't i I kind of developed this this term that i've cut i've written here i've i don't know if it existed so i'm going to coin this now but it was around the time of what i've now coined glam hop where hip-hop went through its glam rock stage where like it is about money girls and, and cars and hanging around swimming pools so i just think it was it was very bold because at the time everyone was just talking about how hard they were how much money they had how many girls they could get you know um uh, i suppose what was this around the t- i mean the streets probably existed around this time yeah they're a I bit mean, more politically conscious but the I overall done, um, vibe so, so- was glam hop still and yeah, and it still is, and it still kind of comes back. It does seem that hip hop can't uh, can't seem to, or rap can't seem to escape its motley crew phase. Um, you know, like you were saying, with limousines, swimming pools and limousines, and girls dancing around, and just making it look like you're living a very wealthy and ridiculous life. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and you're right. Um, this was also the year at Sway. This is my demo came out. The Streets had a release that came out around here. Um, I, yeah, they did. I, I didn't yeah. bother doing uh, a full kind of retrospective up. on 2006 because we've already done it. So listen back for that one if you want to know what was going on in, in, the, in the year 2006. Um, just a note on the, the production in this album. Um, there's quite a few different producers um, who've kind of lended their skills uh, to the benefit of the piece. Um I just wanted to single out one of them, and that's Beat Butcher, because Beat Butcher, he's actually he's gone mainstream, right? So he's a UK producer. He now lives in LA. He's uh, now produced for Rick Ross, Eminem, Wiz Khalifa, like. But he started here, and he did these beats with Brain Taps. I did not know that. 
Yeah, so he 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 produced all I need, um, and he also well I don't know I don't know which ones else I can't you know, I was looking for the CD of, of my CD of this um, earlier just before we started recording, and I think it must be up at my mum's or something because I, I I can't find it because I was looking for the liner notes because Discogs doesn't really have that great um, liner notes on it on this record which is odd, um, but yeah yeah Beat Butcher's gone from strength to strength, um, and he is now. A, a big time producer he also creates um, like sample libraries um for other producers so have a look at that if you make records yourself and you want to get some good sounds yeah i mean i think what's interesting about what i made a note on this is that it's almost like a middle eastern influence across this whole body of work like there's it's it's not every single song but throughout this song the beats have that kind of um, melody patterns to them, and I'm I'm assuming this is some kind of cultural nod to to that culture to kind of normalise it a bit more. I mean, a lot of a lot of his lyrical content is about thinking from the other people's perspective during the war on terror um, and what that must be like. And I think there must I can't help but feel there must have been a conscious decision to be like, right, I'm gonna. I'm going to incorporate some of these things to to open people's minds to it, not just about the lyrics that I I write and and you know project, but also about the feel of the whole music because you've got you know chord progressions and and, and melodic patterns that aren't hip hop at all. You've, I'd never heard really in hip hop at the time. Well, he, he I think what he's doing throughout the album is he's fighting stereotypes, doesn't it? Be that the stereotype of the rapper, be that the stereotype um of being english or be that stereotype of of you know what people perceive um who people perceive a terrorist to be um and and he's kind of doing that with his lyricism and like you say pete he's also doing it with with the music that he's presenting so he's broadening horizons i i guess and he's trying to say like well maybe we think this but we could think that or like let's think about like just simple things we can change in our lives to make the world a better place. Um, yeah, and I think before I say, you know, as much as you know, I I am biased because I am uh, an uh, unashamed, uh, unashamed brain tax fan, um, but he wasn't the only one doing that with in regards to using Eastern influence. Uh, you had people like Punjabi MC was big around that time. Uh, he did a track with Jay-Z, which sampled a, uh, uh, a song from uh, a Bollywood film that ended up on the soundtrack to Inside Man and is an absolute banger. But he also did that song. Oh, was it, there, there was that A.R. Rahman who came along as well around that time, did that song Jai, Jai Ho with mm. um, Pussycat, Pussycat Dolls. Um, it, that was 2008. So over kind of four or five year period, there were, there were these, that, that was kind of not commonplace, but it was a bit of a thing. So I, don't, I just don't want to, as much as I love giving brain tax credit, I'm not going to give him credit where he was like the only one doing it. Cause it, it was kind of fashionable. And I don't know whether that was, I don't imagine to be honest, from what the impression I get of him, he wouldn't have done it for that reason, but it would have been a yeah. reassuring thing knowing that there have been a couple of big hits that, have that kind of vibe already so playing to that is never a bad you know it's not 
it's less yeah. of a, a risk, isn't it? I, I mean, it, it does. It dances on the territory of orientalism, or, or, orientalism, doesn't it? Like where you're basically just getting a kick out of something that's a bit foreign. Um, yeah, yeah. And well, Riz there's, MC's a, there's a whole done it. And he, I mean, around he was that. around around that time, wasn't he? Who's done it? Sorry, Riz MC. You know, I don't think he. Was, I don't know how much he was doing it around then, because when he first came out, he was kind of an all-out doing kind of relatively kind of comedic hip-hop basic hip-hop beats but making well, we, his songs kind of political well quite Riz political MC's really first first big song got banned because it was all about 9-11 yeah um, but i'm just talking about the musical side of it uh yeah i suppose hip- what i was trying to say is is that the, the people who are doing it in the mainstream it it it's, it's, it's a dangerous line, isn't it? Because if, 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 it kind of goes to that line of appropriation, like what's right yeah, for you to yeah. use and how are you using it? I think Absolutely. the way Brain Tax is using it here, through the lens of it, it looks, and maybe I'm talking talking absolute nonsense, but it, it fits in with my narrative of him saying, I'm exploring these presumptions that we have, and we're gonna, I'm going to try and turn these assumptions that we've made on their heads, rather than if we're just making a big banger, like a, a big club tune, being like oh this sounds cool let's use it and there's no other context to it than that yeah yeah um yeah whereas i think people like brain tights and rhythm c have uh, uh do do have a do have a sensibility and a level of intelligence that goes into their work um yeah, yeah absolutely. usage I'm, makes yeah. perfect sense i'm not in charge yeah jay-z didn't do it because he was like <laughs> you know what <laughs> we need to think more about where our oil where our oil comes from yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna bash this out. Like Jay Z did it because the beat was hot, you know, <laughs> simple as that. So um, maybe that's fine. Maybe that is fine. Well, that is fine, you know. But I think it's important to recognise the difference here in what you're saying. Exactly what you're saying is that artists like Brain Tax and Riz MC, and and there are plenty of others as well, um, that, that do it differently to Jay Z in that yeah. they are doing it in a way to um, highlight cultural uh, kind of not necessarily concerns, but the plight of others and to really have people think about exploring more of that kind of music and, and what's going on politically. Whereas, you know, and there's nothing wrong in either one, but they are very different in how yeah. they're done. Well, Riz MC, I mean, we should definitely do Riz MC, uh, um, cover Riz MC on this on his yeah. podcast because i think when he did that album english star didn't he um oh his new one's really good as well uh, i haven't checked his new one out actually yeah it's good but it's it's not done under his mc it's done under his ahmed he's changed he's 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 gone with his his actual name his actor name not his rap name he's just i don't know if he's outwardly distanced well, himself kind from of it, streamlines it's not it, I on suppose, that. doesn't it I mean, yeah. the album of his I really got into was Microscope, which was, yeah. again, it was just a, a really, it was quite synth heavy. Um, and I'm just having a quick look to see when it was released. 2012. Yeah, it was quite synth heavy. I mean, a huge amount of songs on it. It had that song that was blew me away. All yeah, of that, you. All of you. It's so good. Yeah. Well, we should revisit that album. I'd like yeah. to do that. Yeah. All right. Um, Great. But um, just there there are some features on this album so you've got double edge you've got verb t um and also i was interested to find on spotify there was a track that wasn't on the cd which is that the rodney p feature yeah which which 
which sounds like it's been an added on like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't fit like granted he does you know he he does te- he he says he's you know again this album is bold there's a point in it where he's basically i'm sick of london rappers he, ba- he basically just said all rappers in london are boring to me because they're all rapping about the same thing like yeah he's still you know he's, he's still got love you know and it's still yeah he's still a legend it was quite quite incredible but with the features that come on um the track pick a subject is really interesting because it's kind of there you know because brain tax is so intelligent you don't know how much of it is self-aware and almost uh kind of pastiche of itself um but it starts off because the 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 hook is it's easy to talk about nothing it's difficult to talk about something now the first two verses what each by brain tax and uh verb t i don't talk about anything there's absolutely <laughs> nothing nothing's talked about right and then um verb t then he his subject he talks about is going to a club trying to hit on a, a girl with big tits and then brain tax is next uh, it, the next beat is brain tax talking about global deforestation <laughs> it's so funny um yeah it's it it, it so yeah, I, I I really enjoyed listening to that. I mean, it's, it's a great song, and and both of them are really talented MCs. But there are points where sometimes uh, the, the the delivery of a political stance can be a bit jarring because he's so focused on trying to do it, where there's another MC on who's just flowing in the way that makes sense to them. Mm. That sometimes it lacks synergy. It doesn't make it unlistenable or unpleasant. It does make it quite funny though sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, and that whole thing about um being tired tired of I suppose I mean he so he was running low life and, and there's he, that whole thing of getting bored of London rap, that worn out streety rap, did it did yeah. is that the line he says? Yeah. Um, yeah. and it, it it's posturing, it's false false posturing from people. Right? Yeah. And he basically um, says if you and, do that, and, don't come to my label. He's basically yeah, his label it, it's all that, about you know authenticity. It, yeah, there's a whole song, Run the Yards is a song that's about being yourself and yeah. being proud of yourself. And he talks about himself. I mean at the end he chants I'm a northerner about four or five times. Like yeah, yeah. there's this brilliant sense of pride throughout that song. He also throws shade at some ragger artist in that song, but it's edited out. But whoever it is, their name rhymes with struggling. Um, oh, but he actively looks, yeah, he actively like talks about someone who's putting on like a fake kind of ragger artist. He does mention that they are white um, and yeah, throws direct shade at someone, but they, they obviously took them, took the name out um, and censored that out. But uh, which I think is quite, it's quite unlike Brain Tax, which is why I think that the, the last, the, the additional song on Spotify is kind of, brain tax doing that for a whole track and it's weird because i generally generally think of brain tax brain tax as being a bit above that the throwing direct shade at people it's like let people make their own minds up i'm just going to do what i do yeah and that will show up everyone else through default because of how i'm positively putting yeah, myself you out don't there. really need to just get involved with name calling and it's so interesting because obviously behind i suppose the elephant in the room uh, here is is how low life ended so, so if should we just 
touch on now. I mean, we don't know, obviously, with all we've got is opinions, but we might as well spend two minutes. Yeah, on we it. can we can talk about it. I mean, the um, inter- interesting thing is there was another album after this which came out really quickly amidst some some kind of controversy. Another Brain Tax album, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's another Brain Tax album that came out after this. It was it 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 was it was almost publicised that it was rushed um, on like the press mm. releases and stuff and the and the reviews subsequently that we would have seen. Um, but there was something that went on at the label that was not very good and it didn't look good on Brain Tax. And I think there are a lot of people who know what it is. The it, the UK hip hop uh, scene back then and also to this day to a certain degree isn't massive and what you know word spreads within that quite like wildfire but being where we are and were at the time within the hip-hop community we were uh, you know a, a couple of steps outside of the right circle ever to really find out what was going on and you you could read articles about it but even the articles they throw shade at, at brain tax for something to do with money we believe yeah. but we never were able to find out what it was. But I think I mean, there might be some people who listen to this podcast who's like, oh yeah, I remember that. I know exactly what it is. And if you do, yeah. just email us or send us a DM because we've been dying tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's about money, as you said, and artists not getting their fa- what they what, what they believe are their fair share of the distribution of incomes from their records. Um, and, and then I think things got pretty hairy and brain tax decided just to disappear. Um, which, the interesting you know, thing is he's got a song called Exit Plans on this album, which is about, like, I want to get out of here. You know, that, I mean, there's so many things on this album. I'm thinking, you know, we're 35 minutes in and we haven't really explored the whole, like, uh, British aspect, the whole expat. He hates expats, mm-hmm. basically. But then I think um, he becomes one because that's, that's his whole exit yeah. plan, isn't it? To become yeah, an expat. Ex- <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, yeah. which he did. I hate he expats, but I mean, you want to be one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was some, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have an awful lot more that I can, I, I can say about that because I don't want to talk out of place because I know I don't know, but I just know that there were, it, it didn't end well. And there was, you know, probably from what I can gather, there was, well, I think there were, I read in a, in an article, there was kind of physical threats made against him, basically mm. giving the impression that he should never come back to London or Leeds or wherever, wherever it was in particular, this artist was from well i think it was it was, it was lots of, it was the whole well i can't say the whole low life catalog but i think it was from from what i've heard the majority of art, artists on low life were really pissed off and upset and um it's it you know i, I think for for years i was like oh i mean must be missing some big picture and it gets to a point where you just hear similar resonances and it's something ha- went on and it's it's a real shame Obviously, one, if, if artists didn't get paid their dues and two, because it, it kind of brings that dissonance and a very human thing as well to, to brain tax, which is, uh, you know, for a guy who's saying all these tracks about living right, um, where he's kind of not 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 living with that. He's not pre- pre- preaching what he says in, in that way. But again, it's so easy to, to talk about stuff in hyperbole without knowing the specifics and to everybody's credit no one's really come out and said the specifics no, it's, annoying it's more me. just been like oh, you know I, what it, 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 was, it was rubbish yeah i mean yeah. i mean some i think some have been more vocal than others but but certainly it's not not much more than that um and that that's how low life ended and you're right with with that album my last and best album 
it was his last. In my opinion, it's not his best. Um, I don't think it would be, in his opinion, I don't think now it would be his best either. I don't think it's in anyone's opinion. I think the only person who would think it was his best album was Michael Caine because he's on it and he's, he's probably it, the only yeah. one he listened to. But what's interesting about that is he mentions Michael Caine in this album when he's taught on Riviera Hustle um, or Riviera yeah, Hustle it, Part it, 2. Or, yeah, Back to Riviera. Yeah, Back to Riviera where, you know, that's that's the whole expat. Uh, well, it's almost expat, but it's really it's kind of money launderer people who have moved to Spain who are making like mad money off of Ill- illicit you know, investments and stuff. And he specifically mentions Michael Caine, who ends up doing like a skit on towards the end of the third album because he ended up meeting him, I believe, in Spain, if I <laughs> if I remember rightly. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And, it, you know, my best and last, I think that would be a fine third album if there was a fourth. You know, if he if he yeah. came back now and he was he managed to find a way to make peace with all the people he's upset and made an album. I, you know, that'd be, I think that would be phenomenal. Um, but I just can't see it happening. Um, in regards to him as a producer, because, you know, we, as far as we're aware, from the tiny little bits of information we'd be able to find, able to find out, he moved to Australia. Yeah. Um, and he's got, we believe he's just settled down there. Um, I'm not going to cast a Well, I've got a rumour saying that he's back. Kids. I've heard a rumour that he's back in the Is UK. that because you listened to... Uh, one of the tracks on this album, which starts off with him saying, "Brain Tax is back." Yeah, Brain Tax. Was it? Was it just because you listened to this album this week and you were like, "Oh, uh, so he's this morning and he's back." Yeah, <laughs> took it very literally. Yeah, <laughs> he just comes back at will every time someone plays Panorama. He just, yeah. you know, check please flies back over. Yeah, I can't remember where we were now. Cause he's in Australia, but he might also not be. He might be in London. Who knows? Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking, thinking about producing because from what – if he was rapping in any context, even under a different pseudonym or whatever, it, it, would, it wouldn't take long for that to be found out because the, the hip-hop community, particularly like the kind of boom-bap hip-hop community, is even in the UK. It's not restricted to the UK. You know, if you're in the UK, you pro- you've probably listened to Hilltop Hoods um, or at least have heard of them, and you know you've got the rhyme say that this this community that we're kind of within or on the fringes of is it it is international. It's just dots of little pockets. And if he was in Australia rapping for the last ten years, it would have surfaced by now. But he might he might still be producing. But that's where I got a bit confused because within this album he talks about how much he loves dats and operating dats. Um, <laughs> Which makes me think, oh, producer. Could he really so, give that act, Does he produce many of his own beats? Because like you say, Beat Butcher does a lot of them. Um, I'm not I mean, sure how... if he did any on this album. I think he did on Best and Last and he did on Byrofunk, but I'm not sure to the extent of the production that he did on this album. Again, it's annoying that I've lost my liner notes, but um, yeah, I don't know um, on this album. I do, yeah, I think uh, he definitely needs... I don't think he's doing anything. I imagine he's keeping a low profile living a different life um i can't i can't yeah i think it, it got it was too personal i think um yeah. I, for for it to be and you know you mentioned his personal safety whether that's a lot of talk who knows but equally you know if he's hurt a lot of feelings and he doesn't feel safe and he's staying away oh, i would imagine 14 sense. years later it's enough because all of those mcs who were on that 
label. They've all made money elsewhere now. I, I, well, if they're going to. Maestro has. He did Sainsbury's advert last year. <laughs> year before. He's still pushing out albums. Not laughing at the, the Sainsbury's album. It's just the Sainsbury's advert. It's just the way he delivered it. I mean, Maestro's great. Verb T's yeah. got consistent output now on high focus. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's he's the OG of, of high focus, isn't he? He's the Snoop Dogg of high focus. Like, he's as much as he he isn't the guy who started the label, he's the biggest name they've got. He's the most consistent. He's, you know, he's within the four hours. I mean, he's he's good good few years older than most of the other MCs on there, yeah. but he's just he's just brilliant. He's he's, he's like solid. The grandfather. I say that sounds like I'm saying he's super old, and I'm I'm not, but he has that level of respect. Of well, he was so young, I think, when he was on Low Life. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was. he was like the baby of Low Life, and now he's like. Uh, the older gent of high focus. Yeah, um, the old OG. Yeah, and then you have got Double Edge, who I believe is still active, you know, on the on the scene. Yeah, um, Rodney P, who's, who's an absolute legend. Was now, Rodney P is, actually on um, on I, uh, that label? Um, no, sorry. I, I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Low Life was a distributor for his records, um, right. his, uh, for um, Rhythm Killer records. Um, I think. I, oh I'm yeah, not I can see. Sure. I can see. Is I've got it up um, on here. Yeah, I've just looked it up. Task Force, obviously Brain Tax, Skinny Man. That's another great album, actually. It's phenomenal. Um, forgotten about that. Just now uh, is running uh, Y and R, Young and Reckless. Um, yeah. So Harry Love, uh, Michael Parkinson, Rodney P. That's pretty much uh, Maestro, A Savior. I think that's pretty much. I've just done the whole roster there, essentially. <laughs> read it all out. Just read it I all think out. It's, um, just you wondering. Yeah, Y and R still. Still, I mean, I don't know how active everyone is on it, but it's got people know like Capo, Jest, Kashmir, Michael uh, Parkinson. So a, a lot of the, the fallout, I think, from um, Low Life was picked up by Jess Y and R label. Um, and then obviously then we had High Focus, which I, I can't remember when High Focus started. It still feels relatively new to me, but it it must be about 10 years ago now. Well, I've just, um, I, I couldn't find much on uh, the, um, this is, I'm giving away our sources here, the Wikipedia <laughs> the page internet. For, <laughs> for Panorama. But I have just found, looking up low life records, um, I'm just going to read directly from uh, Wikipedia here. So the uh, the level of um, uh, how accurate this is is subjective because I edited Wikipedia this isn't gospel. But um, low life came to an abrupt end in 2008 when Brain Tax announced his retirement and release and release of his last record, my best last and best album. So we've got that right so far. So well done us. Uh, it came as a shock and disappointment to many UK hip-hop fans. According to various sources, many of the artists signed to Low Life felt as if they had been ripped off, underpaid by Braintax. However, Braintax stated in an interview, there's been too much stress, mainly the large amount of bullshit you have to contend with when you run a record label. If you're not ripping people off, then you're busy not trying hard enough to sell records that no one wants to buy. Low Life is seen today yeah. as one of the yeah blah blah blah. But I mean, to that, be honest, was, I totally... that is from a direct um, interview with him. So though, that's him verbatim. I mean, that's basically what LP said. Yeah, and also it's from my little patch of the world. It's what I've said as well. <laughs> Running a record label is bloody hard, and you're dealing with very sensitive people, like artists, um, and that line about getting people to buy things they don't want to buy. God, that's been our whole musical output, right? 
Um, yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, I totally get what he's saying. And so it, every argument like this is nuanced. Um, I've also just knows? found the interview uh, the, that they took that from uh, with him about him leaving. And obviously his, his reasons for leaving are much more well documented than the other artists issues with him um but he does state that actually he didn't produce any of the tracks on that last album um it was all done by colin emmanuel who he mentions c-swing so i'm not sure how much of a producer he was i wonder if he was more of an executive producer which is why like he's not saying he's operating the mpc he's operating the dat he's literally just (laughs) pressing record taking it out and putting it back in again (laughs) just to clarify if anyone doesn't know what a dat is a dat uh, as far as i was aware was like a digital cassette essentially yeah, wasn't was it, it? Like, like digital audio te- tape or something yeah and it was for recording your kind of masters and stuff so he yeah. talks about operating the dat where i suppose suppose most producers talk about operating like a a production machine rather than a tape recorder <laughs> i'm plugging in the computer <laughs> but, uh, i'll sweep up when you're done all right <laughs> but, uh, no, no you can't smoke in here no. No, he definitely does. Yeah, he. I remember seeing an interview donkeys years ago. Um, I think it's like almost in a college magazine, and it's like a photo of him <laughs> literally operating a dat, uh, <laughs> and just talking about the production. It was around the time of biofunk, I think. Um, yeah. Um, what else is there to say? Oh, um, well, firstly, I would say that everyone. Anti Gray is amazing. yeah and that's the one that is very about british and it's kind of it's pro-british for all the the things that he sees as positive about british culture and it's very anti-british for all the things that he hates about british culture and it Mm -hmm. brings both of them to the very forefront and uh double edge is phenomenal yeah double edge absolutely and 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 that's what an example of where the two nc's really complement each other because they are doing the same thing just in their own ways because they have very different approaches and deliveries and I'm cadence pretty sure there's a very good video for anti-gray as well and this is a time where i don't know if there's many lowlife did many videos um i'm not sure um but i kind of feel like there's a good video for this yeah there is a video don't know if it is good it's in black and white which makes sense so anti-gray um yeah um, but it's a, uh, yeah. I think um, I, I think the, the key thing to take a, take from this album is that it's it's entertaining as a, and, and it's got some banging beats on it. But at the same time, it's almost a it's a lecture. Sounds like I'm saying it's a chore. It's more like enlightenment. I found it at the time, particularly, you know, being a 20 something that didn't really know an awful lot about politics. And even if you don't necessarily agree with his politics, um, it does make you think about it more. Yeah, it's like you can't listen to it and just be like, you leave and be like, ah, oh, I've got to find out more about this. You know, he quotes, um, there's a sample of a Bill Hicks sample on there. And it's if you've never heard of Bill Hicks, like, you know, you'll, you'll be introduced to this guy saying, you know, it takes more energy to not say that than to do say it. I can't remember what the thing is. It's about smiling and smoking. Um, and yeah. it, it's like, okay, well now I can go, who did, who said that? Find out it was Bill Hicks. And then you've got this whole catalog of Bill Hicks um, comedy to watch, which I yeah, totally recommend you do. Um, so, and, and I think that's what, what I love about uh, rap is the fact that it's 
packed with references and you can go away feeling both entertained and also oh i'm going to find out a bit more about that yeah enlightened intrigued and keen to kind of learn more you know um yeah i think uh and also i think one thing that is a common theme not just in this Man um podcast in all Man podcasts and also in our music actually i think you know i think it would be a lie to to, to not cite brain taxes direct influence on some of our choices of what we've done with our music and and decisions we've made around content and what we've talked about but the overruling aspect of honesty i think we got a lot of that from brain tax being so um openly uh, negative about bullshit and Mm. and and being honest and talking about where he's from. I don't think I ever really got to a point where I couldn't be like, I'm from Eastbourne and not see a little bit of irony and humor within it. So I, I think that's the difficulty of being from, from kind of places that are nowhere. Um, you don't get, you know, if you're from London, people are like, I'm from fucking London, mate. Or uh, for some reason, no offense to anyone from there, but people are like that in Essex. People are like that in, you know, and, and, and in, in positive, you know, always heritage wise, Welsh people, so they've got this brilliant sense of identity. I think it's very easy to come from 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 places within England, the little places towns, of England, yeah. towns in England, and just be like, I don't want to talk about where I'm from because I'm basically a bit embarrassed. Um, uh, and to, to be honest, uh, uh, tax talks about coming from Leeds when technically he, he didn't. But I suppose once you get to your 20s and that's where you live. When I was living in London, I was like, well, I'm, I'm from London. That's where I've, to get where I've come today i've come from london so basically that's where i'm from at the moment um but i do think it that that was always interesting to me about his and i think that there's a northern pride that comes through in this which is something that a lot of areas of the uk don't share we are more more likely to be a bit oh this is a bit silly to be proud of where i'm from northern voices rapping you know yeah, and, and well, that, that whole that's thing about an identity thing. in hip hop, like not mimicking what they're doing overseas to a point of pastiche, but taking the bits that you love and making it work for you in your own voice. Yeah, um, and it's, that's brilliant because I remember like a little skit or thing I would do, like at parties in my very early twenties, late teens, would be rap over a you know Snoop song or a Dre song in a proper British accent as a little joke because it was funny to hear rap done in my own native english southern english Mm. voice um the idea of putting it on a record and it being serious to 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 me and to all of all of us was i mean i was obviously hamming it up a bit but was funny like it was ridiculous it why why would anyone want to listen to that and now you know brain tax was one of the people who was like normalized that for me as much as he didn't have my accent he was rapping in his accent there was absolutely no trying to put a little bit of street in there there's barely any street lingo really there's the odd bit of hip-hop lingo with language within this album and the first album but hit the boldness and brashness is clearly almost sounding like he's talking but but being more rhythmic than people like mike skinner i found that inspiring um yeah and, and- and that goes across the whole 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 of low life artists really i think and and you know just for things that he's talking about he's talking about things that we can actually relate relate to like growing up in the 80s poll tax riots thatcher 
you know, war on terrorism, you know, things that we have and actually handle it. I mean, war on terrorism, obviously a global thing, but the, the, the more specific local um, English um, and UK historic moments that pinpoint our life. It's no, it's, it's not abstract music for us. It's, it's things that we actually know about and lived through. Um, so yeah, it's I, I, yeah, I think that that closeness and and while still making it sound cool, great. Yeah, well, I think um, just to 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 round it all up, I think if nothing else, the fact that we've nearly rounded it up about three times and then found more to talk about means that everyone should at least listen to this through a couple of times in their life because it is i think it's pretty unique um and i you know like i say martin and i huge fans of brain tax and have been since this was the album that got me into him i discovered Funk after this this was the one that i listened to on repeat back then i found it enlightening and i i think it's probably the best way in it's like it's a baptism of fire like as much as Biofunk is a brilliant album and it's got some bangers on there. Biofunk is far more of a UK hip hop album, whereas this is more exploratory um, and in depth and more of an education um, and shows a, a deeper side of Brain Tax. So I really think everyone should give it a proper listen. Panorama Could you by Brain Tax. The track one, All I Need, is like, this is all I need. And then tracks two to 13. It's just like these are things we don't need. <laughs> yeah, Saying this, fingers crossed, within you know the the kind of dying weeks of of the UK lockdown, the first track has probably never had so much relevance than it does at the moment. Um, uh, so uh, all I need uh, is a great starter to the album, and yeah, everyone should just give it a listen. I think, I think people who haven't heard it before um i think they'll be i mean i think it will still blow people away the same way it blew me away the first time i heard it in 2006 so um yeah highly recommended i know we're not doing ratings within this uh within this series because the whole point is we're just highlighting them and and the reasons why we should listen uh, you should anyone should check them out but n- judging by the fact that this one is nearly an hour long uh, goes to show that there's so much to discover yeah right all right if you want to um chat to us do it on the old social media if you want to bring us bring something to the table the ticket ticket turntable for... <laughs> oh that was great that was really yeah. good coops yeah um <laughs> I'll, I'll record that i'll get brain dance to record that on tape for me and then i can mix it in next time and he can manage with that yeah 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 exactly um yeah uh yeah if you've got any suggestions or any albums that you know you love that we might also love might already know but might also have forgotten about or never heard uh let us know and we will add them to the list and we will just keep on pushing out our um Septon classics because uh it's great to discover and rediscover music ourselves and it's and it's good to talk about them with my boy bernard james over there bernard james <laughs> um i'm actually you know our actual name is um, Third Degree Burns. Third Degree Burns, yeah. Thanks. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you um, on the next one. Yeah. See you later, guys. Look after Bye. yourselves. How do I stop this? Stop <laughs> it's moved. The button's moved. Oh, it's it up has the top changed, there. doesn't it? <laughs>